Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? All right. Um, All right. Start off, you can just say like this is like a Boston sports update or something. Um. All right. Uh, you're starting to come in and out again. You're coming in and Bruins. out. Uh, we're doing Bruins, Brady, and the Red Sox. So at this. What? Now you're Are we back. Shaky. My Wi-Fi is good. I don't know why. I don't know. My Wi-Fi says it's connected. Give my Wi-Fi at home. Yeah, it's better now. I don't know. We'll have to go with it and see what happens. Um, all right. If it doesn't work out, worst case scenario, yeah. we can just do it tomorrow. It's no big deal. Real quick. All right. We'll do half and half or something. So Bruins, Red Sox, uh, Brady. Whichever. Uh, yeah, Bruins, Brady, that. Red Sox. Bruins, Brady, Red Sox. All right. Uh, starting at 120. All right, welcome back to the Biased Opinion Sports Podcast. I'm Seamus Kelly here with PJ Hennessy. Uh, this is episode 16, uh, special kind of Boston sports edition, talking Bruins cap space issues, Tom Brady extension that was signed today, um, and the Red Sox and how, well, just the fact that they're awful. Uh, let's kick us off. Start with the Bruins. Um, as you probably know, Charlie McAvoy and Brandon Carlo are still unsigned. Uh, it's August now. Still got five or six weeks till the season starts. Uh, not panic time yet, but Bruins need to get them signed, and they don't have the money to do it. So a move is coming, or they're just not going to be signed, which is unlikely in my opinion. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts on this? Bruins right now have like seven million in cap space. And that's exactly what McAvoy wants, and Carlo is probably going to cost another four or five million. And right now, uh, Cam Neely said they probably won't be showing up for training camp, so that's not a good sign. No, he says no, 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 no. He says that he expects them to get something done, but they need to prepare for the training camp. Training camp. That, that's that's a really that's a. That's just that's a bold prediction to make. But all right, PJ thinks they won't be there for training camp. Cam really expects them to be there for training camp. Expect that you won't to prepare for them not being there. No, he's he said yeah. Expect the best, prepare Uh for the worst. He expects them to sign. He's preparing for the worst. That's that's just being a good team president. That's what you do. That you run a team. If you look at some of the options, all right, trading Kevin Miller or John Moore, or like, you'd think they would have that deal done already if that's what they were going to do. I mean, how hard is it to trade those guys? Uh, John Moore might not be that easy to trade considering his contract goes through 2023 and he's hurt. But, uh, yeah, all right. Bruins have $7.3 million in cash space. Um, son, McFoy and Carlo are probably going to get around $11 million combined, best case. Somewhere between like eleven and thirteen million combined. So, another let's say twelve million to be saved. Yeah, another four or five combined. million needs to go. So, 
they make twelve million combined, you need to free up four and a half. Let's say that we need to free up another four and a half million, four and a half to five million. Uh, there's not. I mean, Tory Krug is an option. He has a modified no tra- trade clause, so he can he can block off eight teams from his no trade list. So you're gonna need to trade into a team that needs an offensive defenseman that has enough cap space to take him on and enough cap space to re-sign him because I don't think anyone's taking him as a one-year rental. I mean, maybe, but that would be at the deadline, not now, and you need to get trade him now. So Tory Krug, I don't want to I personally I don't want to trade him, but he's a likely option because he has a lot of trade value. The guy racks up points. He's one of the best offensive defensemen in the league. Um, and his 5.25 million frees up the perfect amount of cap space, but it's also tradable. And he's only 28. He's a good player. Um, yeah. How how would you feel about trading Tory Crew? Yeah, I mean, trading Tory Crew is probably the last option that the Bruins would want to do. That's like everything else fails, yeah. I bet. Um, but the Bruins also have other left side defensemen, Grizzlick. Um, they can maybe try out back and iron for a full season, see how that goes. He's still Char, obviously, so. Zaboral. Yeah, Zaboral's not going to get there. No, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, how do you say Lozon? Lozon. Is he going to be ready to play? Maybe? Uh, I don't know. He, I, I guess he's a good prospect. I don't know if he'd be ready to play next season. I mean, I... Maybe. I guess he's close. That's what I saw on Twitter, but I don't know. He, none of those guys are going to replace Krug immediately. They're not going to provide what he provides. Not even close. I'd well, know. no. I mean, but they can give you time on the third pairing, maybe. If you get it, yeah, but increase. but then you need to find someone to play lefty on the top pairing. Well, I guess Char, you need to find a top four left defenseman. See, it's whether or not you think Grizzly is Grizzly can be that guy. And I don't know if Grizzly can be that guy. Maybe he's Grizzly had a good year last year, but that was also on the third pairing. In we'll the see. end, I think Carlo and McAvoy need to be a bigger priority than Tory Krug. Like, what do you mean? Carlo McAvoy can be defenseman for 10 years. Krug has one year left, best case. So if you have to t- trade Tory Krug to keep your two best franchise defensemen, you have to do that. I guess, but you also have to look at the fact that the Bruins' window is right now. Per- I mean, Bergeron, Bergeron's 34, Krejci's 33, Marshawn's 31, Coyle might be gone after this year, Charo's at the end of his end of his career. The window's not. I mean, you can build around McAvoy, Carlo, Pasternak, obviously, but trading Tory Krug is definitely a worst-case scenario. Um, but, like, you look at some teams, like, that desperately need defensemen, like the Blackhawks. The, uh, the Blackhawks don't really have any money. Uh, the Red Wings, maybe. Teams like that. that maybe the Devils will pick them up. Um, the Devils, that would be – that could happen. The Devils could definitely pick them up. Devils are – I mean, Devils are on the rise. That's my team of the future right there. Uh, but, hey, that that is an option. I don't know if Tory Crew wants to go to New Jersey, though. You can put him on his list. Who knows? Um, so, yeah. The, I, so, I guess Tory Crew is the worst case. I guess the best case would be trading David Backus. I mean, what, what would it take to get rid of David Backus? Yeah, that's, that's the trade that pretty much every Bruins fan wants to do. David Backus is 35 years old. Borderline NHL player at this point, I think we can say. He's a, he's a grinder at this point. He's like a grinder that can't hit because he has concussion problems. Can't really skate. He's got two years, six million per year left on his deal. Fully guaranteed. Like, if you, you can't buy him out. You can't get out. You got to pay the man his money no matter what. 
you save practically no money if you buy him out. So you're stuck with him. He also has a modified no trade clause. Uh, he can only be traded to eight teams in the entire NHL this year, 15 teams next year. So you're kind of – you have very limited options. Can you dump him to the expansion uh, draft? Nope. I His contract might be up by the time the expansion draft, it, draft comes. It doesn't even – and since he has a no trade clause, I think he's automatically exempt from it. So, no, even if the expansion draft was after this year, which I don't – I forget when the expansion draft is, but – Backers can't get taken in the expansion draft. But if you go to trade him right now, um, I mean, you literally have eight teams that you can trade him to, which who knows if any of those eight teams will want him. I'm guessing Backers doesn't want to go to a crap team, which most of the crap teams are the teams with cap space that could take on his contract and buy him out and get a pick for it. So your options are limited. Um, like, like, I think the only only way this move would happen, getting rid of Backers, is if – uh a really bad team wants vet leadership and back is wants to go to the team because he wants to play. Um, or a team with a lot of cap space wants a first round pick. Everyone's giving back to them a first round pick and they give us back nothing. They buy out back is and he can go to whatever team he wants back home to Minnesota, whatever. Um, well, who knows what will happen with that. But if the Bruins want to get rid of back, they're going to have to give up a pick, probably a first rounder. But even if the, even if they do do that, it's it's very it, who knows if anyone will take his contract on. So, back is definitely the most logical and the best option for the Bruins. But it's also, in my opinion, pretty unlikely. The assistant GM, I I think someone some of the Bruins organization at the beginning of the offseason basically came out and said the back is contract is unmovable um, in the exit interviews. So, I I don't expect back is to be moved only because I don't know if it's even possible. What yeah, do you think? I think um, Don Sweeney's got to take a lot of the blame here. He came into a situation where he has a bunch of franchise players, Krejci, Bergeron, Pasternak, Marshawn, Chara, Rask, all on pretty reasonable contracts for their value compared to the rest of the league. Then he goes out and signs John Moore, left defenseman, when there's no need to sign a left defenseman, and signs David Backus for this long contract for that much money. Kind of dug himself his own problem. I don't think that can be overlooked in this situation. So take out the back of signing and the John Moore signing. We wouldn't really really be having this conversation right now. Yeah, I I agree. This is the back is contract was a panic signing. That from the beginning. Um, I don't know. There's but I, at this point he's unmovable, I think. So I don't know what you're gonna do how do you, about that. How do you sign John Moore? I mean, um, you already have a left defenseman, Tory Krug, left defenseman, Matt Grizzlick. Then you draft a guy in the first round, Euro back and and also a left defenseman. But then you decide it's a good idea to give John Moore three three million five years. I don't that doesn't make any sense. I mean, like you could say the move makes sense because they needed depth and the blue line the all the Bruins had a ton of injuries on the blue line this this last season. So I mean Moore played a considerable amount until he got hurt himself, uh, for a depth defenseman, but at the same time, I like I don't I don't understand the, the long term nature of the deal because there's a lot of guys at John Moore's it's not like you're signing like there's no reason to sign John Moore to a five year deal when you can go sign anyone of his caliber um to a one year deal after one year deal after one year deal with no risk. Like I don't know. I agree with you there. The John Moore deal doesn't make too much sense length wise. The money's not I mean two point two point seven five million a year isn't a lot, but 
for five years, it's just, it's money that you need that you kind of, you're stuck with. Um, we can talk about training John Moore if you want, and if that's even possible, because uh, he's hurt. The Bruins could trade John Moore. It's, I think he might be out till halfway through the season. Um, I don't know who wants John Moore. I don't know if, I don't know if he's tradable. I don't know. He, he he's not a great player. He's not he's nothing special. I don't think he's he's he is what he is. He's a depth defenseman. He's only twenty eight, I guess. Two point seven five is not a lot of money, but uh, well, I'm just wondering what the Bruins are going to do if they can't trade any of these guys. Is there? What if the seven million in cap space that number doesn't move? What do the Bruins do? Just give out one year deals, two year deals to Carlo McAvoy at lower prices? I mean, I don't. Or do they not play? Or do we have another? I mean, bridge deal is bridge deals are options. But yeah, not playing is also Do we have another a possibility. Situation? Uh, Mac, you might. It is. It is. It could happen. I don't know. But I mean, like, I don't think McAvoy. If the Bruins let him walk, that would be one of the most stunning moves in NHL history. Um, you you basically have to do anything it takes, other than trade Bergeron, Pasternak, Marshawn. Uh, to keep him, I think, because I think besides those guys, he's your most valuable player. Um, so I just – I don't think there's anything that – McAvoy might not be signed during this – at the beginning of the season, but it's so I, – I don't see McAvoy leaving the Bruins as a free agent. I just don't think that's going to happen. Uh, worst, worst, worst case scenario, you have to trade one of these guys or something like that, but I don't think that happens either. Um, and same with Carlo. I think he'll get signed. I don't think the Bruins are going to let him walk. Although, obviously, McAvoy – He's the franchise number one D-man. As good as Carlo is, McAvoy is definitely – I think they'll do pretty much anything to keep McAvoy. So, I wouldn't – I wouldn't worry too much about a Nylander holdout. I think at some point they'll get signed. But we'll see. Um, but, yeah, Kevin Miller is another guy that could get traded to free up the cap space. He makes $2.5 million next year, and then he's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, or two point, He makes $2.5 million this season, this upcoming season, and then he's unrestricted after that. Um. I mean, Kevin Miller, he's physical, third-pairing guy. He's he's a good player to have, I think. I think every team could use a guy like Kevin Miller. He can fight. He can hit. He's solid. He's a good third-pairing guy. He's cheap. And he only got one year left, so there's not a lot of risk there for a team to trade for him. And it wouldn't cost him too much, I don't think, especially because the Bruins are strapped for cash. So I don't think they're going to be asking too much for Kevin Miller. Um, and Con- Connor Clifton kind of made him expendable, I think, last year in the playoffs. Clifton played really well, and he's locked in at a million a year for – Four more years. So, Kevin Miller is a likely guy to go. I think um, that would, if you trade Kevin Miller for a pick, that would free up two and a half million, which gives the Bruins about uh, nine point eight, nine point seven, uh, yeah, nine point eight million. So, nine point eight million could get you. That would give you enough money to sign bridge deals for McAvoy and Carlo, which bridge deals don't happen too often anymore. So I don't know how likely that is, but that is an option. And if you can somehow get out of – if you can trade more too, which, I mean, more could get traded. It's not that unlikely. It's not back as level unlikely. But if you trade more and Miller, that frees up uh, a little over $5 million, And that gives you $13 million in cap space. That's enough you need to sign both of them. So that's probably the – I think that's the most likely option. And I'm, I want to be too sad. I mean, I like Kevin Miller, um, but – you got to sign these two guys. So I wouldn't be too sad to see Miller and Moore go if it means signing McAvoy and Carlo at all. That'd be, that'd be the, that's the hopeful scenario for the Bruins. But yeah, we'll I see just what think, happens. as I said earlier, if 
Moore and Miller were going to be traded, they'd already be traded by now. I don't think those are very hard negotiations. All you're getting back is like a fifth round pick at the most or third round pick. It's really not that different. Yeah, I mean, maybe teams are worried yeah, about the injuries. They don't have, see what happens with the injuries. Who knows? Maybe it's no a mid-season trade. trade. On their contract, so they could basically go anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Still, still over a month left till the season starts, so not time to panic yet. But those are basically the Bruins' options. Um, and I mean, next season they have cap troubles too. The Bros, Coyle, Grizzlick, uh, Krug. All these guys are on uh, restricted, unrestricted free agents, so they need to make something happen. Uh, oh, another possibility? Probably not, but you'd have to just give up. It's just dead money right now. Uh, the Bruins are playing Bolesky and Seidenberg combined $3 million to not play right now. So I don't know. I don't even know if you're allowed to move those, but if you can trade that dead cap hit, which I think you can, uh, and maybe give up a pick for it. It's, it's only $3 million, so you won't have to give up that much um, to get rid of those two uh, those two contracts, um, that could be some money that they could free up to. We'll see what they do with that, though. Yeah. To uh, a, moving on, a contract that's actually been extended. Yeah, let's talk about Tom Brady. So Tom Brady signed a two-year contract extension uh, today on Sunday. Uh, I think the average value of it is two point eight three or twenty-eight point three million over the next two years after this year. Um, Boston sports radio guys making a big deal of how it's like a 0.5 million more than Garoppolo per season, but um, yeah. How, how much is he getting paid after these this year? Twenty-eight point three million, million for the next two years, or for the last years of his contract. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think he de- he deserves to be paid after all this time. I would think, especially when you have like Kirk Cousins making the amount of money that he does, and all these contracts are going up, up and up, and you have Carson Wentz setting the market, and Dak's gonna be the next to get paid, yeah. and then who knows? What... Russell Wilson's then, making Mahomes, like fifty million. He could make one of the biggest con. He might get an NBA contract for all we know. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mahomes. I think, yeah, and it shows like I guess that Brady wants to keep playing. I mean, obviously he could have retired after I don't know the fourth Super Bowl, but he keeps going for six, and then keeps playing after six. And I guess, I don't know, if he was going to retire after this would be his 20th season, probably wouldn't sign a contract extension. You'd think he'd announce retirement before the season, maybe, or he was considering it. But I guess he's got his goal to go to 45 years old, and this contract would take him through 44. Yeah, I when he didn't, when he didn't assign his uh, – when, when he went into this training camp unsigned for next season, uh, a lot of people were making kind of a big deal about it. They were like, oh, it's his first time. On entering the last year of a deal, um, stuff like that. So I just people are like like Felger and Maz were saying, oh, he's gonna leave, he's gonna walk, he's gonna he's gonna go get a fifty million dollar contract somewhere just to stick at the Belichick or something like that. But I mean, those guys spew nonsense all the time. So I just thought he was gonna. I thought maybe that meant that he was retiring after this season, but clearly not. He wants to go for 45, 44, whatever. Um, and also uh, another big thing of this contract that frees up. This extension restructures his current deal in some way. I don't know. I don't. The NFL cap is kind of confusing, but basically, bottom line frees up five and a half million more for the Pats this season. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with that five and a half million, but it helps the team out. It frees up more cap space for this season, and 
the next two years, I guess, Schefter was saying that the Pats could restructure it to make it so they could free up cap space each season, something like that. Who knows? Belichick's doing magic tricks with the cap, uh, but it helps out the Pats. So, and Brady gets the money that he deserves. Win-win for both sides. And I'm glad that he's staying for a few more years, obviously. Yeah. Um, I guess as you're getting older, probably less is going to be asked of him, at least in the early parts of the season. And like this year, when you get to the playoffs, that's where he's probably going to make his mark. I mean, it's probably not dropping back to pass as much he, as he did before as uh, Patriots relying more on their defensive run game. But I still think Brady, his value is unquestionable at this point, probably for the next two years as well. Yeah, feed Sony. Okay, no calls with that contract. Uh, sure. On? Uh, I guess got to move on to the Red Sox. Last time we talked about the Red Sox, we were optimistic about the Red Sox after they took three or four from the Yankees and two or three from the Rays. They ended up playing those same teams again, swept at home by the Rays uh, three games, about to be swept in a four-game series against the New York Yankees, including a doubleheader on Saturday. Just a disastrous eight games, eight-game losing streak. Now they're like six and a half back from the wild card. Seamus, do you think the Red Sox season's over? Yeah, Red Sox are dead. They're done. This is they. It's it's actually embarrassing. I I could go on and on about the Red Sox, how bad they've been. I mean, it's an eight game. They've, they've lost eight in a row. They didn't do anything at the trade deadline, even though they have clear solvable problems that they, they just refuse to address, which I think is a sign that they're giving up on this season rather than they have faith in their guys or whatever. When you're at the time, I don't know how many games back of the Yankees there were, but it was – or they, they could have passed the Rays on the stand. I think they were a half game yeah, back of the Rays at the trade. They're line. 13 and a half and now they're, the Yankees. No, they're six games, games back. Yeah, they're, yeah, I mean, come on. That's – it's – all you have to do is trade for a reliever or two. The fans would have been happy. It gives the team a morale boost because it shows them that you're – I mean, you could say that sticking with the guys you have is – but the guys you have aren't working, so I don't know. You Trade for a big-name closer or something. Do something. Like, I don't – there's just – how do you not solve the problems that you clearly have when your team is in the cha- middle of its championship window, coming off a championship? Like, uh, it just seems – it's soft to me. I don't, I don't like Dombrowski. I think there's a weak move by him not trading yeah. for anybody. I don't think um, you can really blame the Red Sox for not adding reliever when, I mean, the team hasn't proved that they can contend. Why would you trade away your farm system for a reliever? I mean, you might, you might as well just start rebuilding for the future. Because who who cares about the farm? Well, you're not going to be able to rebuild for the future that well when you're picking 30th every year. Like, it's not like the Red Sox are going to get the first overall pick this year and get some future stars and get some A-level yeah, get prospects. Prospects that you already have. Red Sox are what they are. I thought they didn't have any amazing prospects left. I don't, I don't, who cares about these C-level prospects that may or may not do anything in the, in the MLD? It's going to take five years anyway. You're the Red Sox. You can trade these guys away, then go sign them in 10 years. You have unlimited money. Yeah, but... The Red Sox and the Yankees shouldn't care too much about trading prospects away when in five years they can trade anyone for them and just sign them to a $100 million contract. Like yeah, but it's... The only teams that really need prospects are like the Orioles and teams that can't sign anybody because they need to build through the draft. The Red Sox don't actually need to build through the draft. You can buy a World Series team if you're the Red Sox. The last eight games really haven't been the bullpen's fault. It's just bad starting pitching. Price, I think Felger Maz was saying if Price and Sale were to start every single game for the Red Sox, they're on pace for like 63 wins or something. I mean, that's that's not the bullpen's fault. And yeah, the starting pitching throws the whole team behind the eight ball. 
the hitting stats are actually up there in the league, uh, right at the top of the league. So they're not not the pace that they were last year, but they're not they're not terrible. But no, starting pitching just when you're down three nothing after the first inning in every game, I mean that's that's hard to come back from every single time. Yeah, the pitching's awful. I mean, maybe like you got to fire your pitching coach or something, because if the relievers and the starters are all playing like trash, I mean you have like superstar proven superstar pitcher in Chris Sale. Uh, David Price, I mean, he makes a lot of money. He had to earn that money somehow. I'm not a big fan, but, I mean, the guy's the guy's done it in the past. He's playing trash. Porcello won a side, uh, yeah. I think, right? He's awful. Yeah, he's playing awful. Like, Eduardo Rodriguez might be the best pitcher on the Red Sox right now. So, you're pitching. you got to make a change. Of, fire your pitching coach or something. I don't know. you got, you got to get these – got to light a fire under these guys. They're doing – they're just – the whole team feels they're just asleep. They're sleepwalking. They're going through the motions. It's awful. And they had a players only meeting in between the doubleheader and then they got they, they lost again. They got destroyed after the players only meeting. That's embarrassing. The leaders in that team need to step up. The pitching on the team needs to step up. David Price, he's I don't know. It's just that team's a mess. It's I think Dombrowski's on the hot seat. Or he should yeah. be. I'm not a Dombrowski fan. He's asleep at the wheel. How do you not make any moves? You're in the middle of your championship window. I know the team's playing bad, but you got to make a move. You got to do something. If the starting pitching is bad, trade for a starting pitcher. Trade for Stroman. He got traded for one good prospect. I don't know. I mean, the Reds, uh, the Red Sox keep saying, you know, oh, you know, we're going to start from scratch and we're going to turn the page and we're going to get better. And at the, they just keep putting it off and off and off and haven't been able to win. It just doesn't, doesn't make any difference. The Red Sox this season remind me of the Celtics last season where, oh, don't worry about us. Don't worry about us. We're fine. We're fine. We're, they have the talent. You know they have the talent. You see the talent there, and it just doesn't happen. And they keep putting off, oh, we'll be good. Don't worry about us. We're fine. We're a playoff team. We're fine. We're fine. Well, now they're not going to make the playoffs. They're, they can't, they've shown no signs of life. Yeah. No. I. And also, Red Sox Twitter is getting assaulted every day by Yankees and whoever fans just – if if I was a diehard Red Sox fan on Twitter, if I was Jared Carabas right now, I would honestly delete consider deleting my account. It's embarrassing. This team's embarrassing. Uh yeah. I'm just glad I'm not a diehard Red Sox fan because this this team is I don't know. I couldn't root for this team. Yeah. No heart. They don't care anymore. Championship hangover that lasted a full calendar year. <laughs> yeah, and this is not just you know, a championship hangover. I mean a championship hangover can last a month, month and a half two months, but I mean, at this point, we're in August and you're getting swept by the Yankees in the biggest series of your season. I mean, the Red Sox scored two runs in the first game, two runs in the second game, four runs yesterday, and now they got four runs today. I mean, and when there's runners in scoring position, you know, the crowd gets loud and at Yankee Stadium, and the Red Sox hitters, they just fold. I mean, they're, they're playing like a small market team. It's just, it's terrible. I mean, Xander, Xander Bogarts and like Rafael yeah. Devers have been the two best players for the Red Sox this season. Biggest series of the year. They have like two hits in the last four games. And then every, I think every single series they've started out, you know, going one, two, three in the first inning. It's just, it's awful. The only, if I ran the Red Sox, the only two guys who'd be coming back next season are, I, I bring back Martinez, Betts, and uh, Devers. The only, only three guys I think I'd bring back. You have to bring back. Bogarts, I would blow it up. I mean, Mookie Betts. Or Bogarts. Bogarts is a good year. I like Bogarts too. So I bring back Betts, Bogarts. 
Red Sox have tried to sign him. I think last offseason, maybe offseason before, long-term deal. He says he wants to keep going to free agency, but he likes playing in Boston. So, I mean, at some point in the offseason, you're going to have to figure out. Yeah, he's, he's, he's waiting. The market's only going up, so it makes sense for him financially. Yeah, but financially. if he wanted to stay, I mean, Mike Trout, I mean, he signed a contract. All the players that usually stay with their team sign contracts. It's very rare you see a guy go to free agency and then stay with their team. I mean, Bryce Harper went to free agency left. Machado went to left. I mean. Yeah, but. The Red Sox are like one of three teams that could afford Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is going to probably break the record for biggest contract in MLB uh, history. Am I wrong? Second, second to this guy is going to get paid. All right, so he's going to get the second biggest contract in MLB history probably. What teams can afford that? The Red Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Angels? Some team can throw in stupid money like the Giants maybe or the Phillies or I don't know. The Philly, the Phillies are already playing Bryce Harper three times their franchise is worth Harper, per season. The Phillies are not giving. Harper Phil, was Phillies saying he wanted to team up with Trout. They have no money. Harper was saying he wanted to team up what? with Trout before he signed his contract or something. The Phillies have stupid money. Yeah, and then the Angels didn't want him because he's there's terrible. There's teams out there like the White Sox almost signed Machado. I mean, they could easily sign Mookie. There's there's like more teams out there with stupid money that have non-competitive teams that can make an offer to at least raise the price up for the Red Sox. Well, all right, yeah, but the Red Sox, there's no salary cap in baseball. You're the second richest team in baseball. If the Red Sox don't match any offer that Mookie gets from any other franchise, then Dombrowski should be ran out of town with pitchforks. That's embarrassing. You have unlimited money. Or the owner should be. John Henry should be All right, but if he forced wants, to sell if the he team. If he wants to leave, you might go to, have to trade him. Go to England. Focus on your soccer team. Well, what I mean, I I would want to leave if I was playing on this team too with pitching like that. But all right, if you if you're forced to trade Mookie Betts and you do a full rebuild, you blow it up, you're done. Without Mookie Betts, this team's not really going anywhere. David Price can't pitch. Chris right, Sale so doesn't look like he can pitch. JD so why Martinez would they go all thinking, in at the trade deadline this year when they're just going to lose Mookie in the offseason? To why to you... keep to make because if you go all in, then your team will be good and Mookie won't want to leave. I don't... What what's the only reason he wants he's gonna to want to leave is because his team sucks. So you make your team better. Long term future after they won a World Series. Because if you wait the season, he gets way more money. Contracts go up every season in every sport. Mookie Betts waits to get a bigger contract. And also, maybe maybe Mookie Betts free agency will be good for baseball. Dying league, you need some, you need something, you need media attention, good or bad. Mookie Betts free agency. Let's go. Spice it up, MLB. Come on. Uh, yeah, I don't think Mookie Betts is leaving, but if he does, can't blame him. This team's a joke. I'm going to the game tomorrow, actually. I'm going to the game Monday night. By the time most people are listening, it'll probably be the game tonight. It's against the Royals, who suck, but so are the Red Sox. So, I think a close one. Um, hoping I get a home run ball so I can throw it back uh, out of protest. Just, I don't know. Maybe they'll win. Maybe I'll go to the game where the win streak snaps and they go on a run and they make the playoffs and go on a magical run. But it's probably going to be loss number nine. So, yeah, not very optimistic. Yeah, about I don't game. think the Red Sox are making the playoffs. I mean, if you look at if you look at the team that they have to get above, the Ash, uh, not the Astros, the Indians, Rays, and, and – Indians, Rays, and Oakland, Angel, Oakland Angels, Oakland Athletics, they have to get above two of those three teams. That's just not going to happen. Those teams are playing too good. Also, the Red Sox this season – one and eight at home against the Rays. That's just terrible. They have a losing record at home. So 
there's a less than 50% chance that you're going to see them win tomorrow night. That's terrible. I mean, it seemed like the Red Sox were winning every single night last year. And if there wasn't the playoffs, they probably could have won like 120 games. It was like, I don't know, a couple weeks uh, later. Or say mid-August where they started resting players for the postseason. They still won 108 games. So, I don't know. And then this series against the Yankees. The Yankees didn't have Gary Sanchez, Luke Voigt. Stanton kind of sucks, but they didn't have him. Uh, they didn't have Gregorius until Sunday night. I mean, this was like a Yankees B-minus team or a Yankees team that, I don't know, not really fully engaged, and they're still killing the Red Sox' best team, best lineup every night that needs to win. I mean, it's it's pretty sad. Yeah, the, the Red Sox are in trouble. And um, I, I don't know. Going off what you said about the Indians, you said you have to get past the Indians. I don't think the Red Sox can pass the Indians. Uh, quick tangent here. Just picked up my boy, Yezu Puig. Faced a lot of criticism about my um, support of him in early episodes of this podcast. Uh, the the man that broke the curse, former Red Sox manager Terry Francona, had this to say about Puig, his big pickup at the trade deadline. For the Indians did it with the Red Sox couldn't and actually added talent at the deadline. He said, uh, he gets excited about what's going on here. And if you get the very best week, you might be getting one of the better players in the game. That's what Terry Francona, best Red Sox manager of my lifetime, had to say about Yezu Puig. Great player. Hits home runs. Good guy to have in the locker room. Good guy to have in the clubhouse. Uh, fans love him. Smart fans love him. I, I think he's good for the game of baseball. And yeah, he's a Puig, good player. Terry Francona knows what he's talking about. Red Sox suck. Um, yeah, I mean, Brett Gardner is batting fifth for the Yankees tonight. I mean, you'll never see that in the playoffs. The Red Sox still losing. Also, Yankees have this guy, Mike Ford, undrafted from Princeton, who absolutely crushed the ball into the gap against David Price uh, with an RBI in the third inning. How do you go undrafted in the MLB? From, I know. Like, so a guy it was like 50 Princeton, rounds. Basically in New Jersey, some random scout for the Yankees picked him up, throw him in in this meaningless Sunday night game against the Red Sox, and he's going off against David Price. So that's that's just a bad look. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that might be. That might, that, that might signal the uh, end for David Price's Red Sox career. Red, I mean, he might, he might be the David Backers of the Red Sox, but find a way to trade him. If I'm Dombrowski, buy him out. I sent him down to single A. Yeah, have fun down there, buddy. He's he's bad. He's soft. Yeah, his whole season went south after he uh, went at team announcer Dennis Eckersley. Uh, he said Dennis Eckersley had no friends and that nobody respected him, which is wrong. And uh, ever since then, Price has just been getting absolutely crushed. I think lots of the Orioles. Orioles, Rays, Yankees, all division teams. Biggest part of that season doesn't show up. Price lets the media get to his head too easily. Anyway, uh, we both agree. Red Sox season over. Yeah, long gone. Long gone. The Red Sox are dead. We could be on freezing cold takes in a couple months if they turn around. But uh, not very likely in my opinion. So, yeah, the Red Sox are dead. I'm here to declare it. Yep. That's that? All right. Uh, yeah, that's the episode. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at biased underscore underscore opinion. Tweet every time we have a new episode. Uh, big Premier League preview coming up later this week. Uh, we'll, we'll have some guests on for that. We'll see who it is. Uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. It's going to be a good episode.